0: Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday. You're in a lot better weather than I am uh, over here. What is it? 70 now, and sunny?
0: 82 and sunny. Just got oh. off the tennis court. Yeah. For those of you listening, if anyone wants to challenge me at tennis.
1: When was the last I'm time right you here. played tennis? When was the last time you played tennis in a very competitive environment?
0: Before this trip? Yes uh sixth grade okay <laughs> i uh i got pulled out of a tennis tournament my mom my mom said my uh temper was too bad ah
1: were you throwing rackets yeah. did you look like novak out racket. there i
0: didn't throw a racket i slammed it though that's
1: for okay. sure okay i mean marcy yeah marcy knew what she needed to do and that was to that was to yankee from the tournament she needed a yeah she, needed a no, she knew straight. it was best
0: for me i wasn't i wasn't good enough so i moved to basketball
1: yeah it that's, wasn't that's, understandable. There, that's understandable that's yeah. understandable all right, everyone. We're back. Episode three. It's been a while. We've uh, t- taken a little two-week hiatus here. Mose um, was
0: too busy getting drunk at bars.
1: Yeah. Last last week, I was in Florida. Um, only for a weekend. I can't afford to go there for a, a whole month like Wall, Wall Street <laughs> guy over here. But, um, we, yes, we're, we're back. We're ready to talk to you guys about our, our picks, what's been going right, what's been going wrong. And lately, I got to point out, I was up on you pretty big. I was up like almost 40 units. I was like plus 20, you were minus 20. I getting embarrassing. I'm only plus seven. seven. The last two nights have been an absolute disaster. Uh, it's like I've entered into Area 51 and I don't know when I'm going to come back to Earth. It's just, oh yeah. man. But me-
0: meanwhile, meanwhile, the writers are with me. Um, I appreciate all those who have followed along. We'll get into some of the specifics, but uh, I got I got a couple system plays for everyone at home. You're gonna have to ex- uh, you're have gonna have going to explain
1: well. that. You said that we were gonna cover that in our last correct. podcast, which correct didn't yes. happen. A lot of explanations
0: was- on this one because we've introduced some new stuff since our last podcast.
1: Right? I I you know last Friday will be on me. I was uh, drunk at a Tampa <laughs> brewery, and you know what? I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, I had to say. Were you with that- Tom? No, I was not with I was not with Tom. Um, I was with uh, my buddy and his dad, who is a oh, pilot. Wow. What? Um, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a bunch of fun. But anyway, um, this is a great segue. I was in Tampa. Uh, the last time that we came to the viewers was uh, right before Super Bowl Sunday. Huge, uh, Huge game, but I think since it's been so long since the game itself and the falling out from the Buccaneers win, I think it's most important to talk about what are we expecting from both teams this upcoming season? And who are the sleeper picks to win next year's Super Bowl? I know um, a lot of sports books have some early favorites out there, such as the Chiefs, um, Bucks, and Bills are at the top. But you know, if yep. you're looking for a value play, who do you got? Are you looking at, at a specific team? Or who are you most interested to see in the 2021-2022 season?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Before before I get into that, I'll, I'll apologize to my listeners. My, my Super Bowl story did not go as planned. The Chiefs didn't go out to a big lead and win the game. So uh, I think I was like 21 out of 26 losses on, on prop bets. Uh, but Starboy did hit plus 900. That was the most electric part of the night. I've never gotten the first the halftime first song correct. So that was great. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of a dart of a game. I mean, Tom Brady kind of does that in the big games, right? He just, he just lulls you to sleep and then dominates. Anyways, looking, looking forward to next season. Um, I like both of those teams still. I think they still both have a great core. Um, but a sleeper, I mean, it depends on who gets traded, where where some of these quarterbacks sign, right? With some of the news that we'll get into later, um, so we can talk about that. But I do like the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals make Ooh. a big step forward. I um, love Hopkins. I love Murray. I pick that guy. I try and pick him on my fantasy team every year. So I think they make a big step. This is year two of their chemistry. Um, so that that that'd be my sleeper in the NFC. And in the AFC, I think it's it's Chiefs and Bills. So no sleepers in that conference. What about you?
1: So um obviously, I mean, I have to think it's the the Packers, but they let me down every single year. So I really can't, you know, betting. If they couldn't
0: do it this year when Rogers right. was so motivated and yeah, right.
1: betting know betting with your heart always isn't the right move. It's always you got to bet with with your brain versus your heart. So, I mean, any listeners out there, I'm sure you can relate to it. But uh, I saw a mock draft that showed the Buffalo Bills taking Najee Harris with their first-round pick. Interesting. I thought that that would just make the Bills' offense just explosive, (sighs) eruptive, like – yeah. It, it it would just transform the city of Buffalo. When was the last time they had uh, a, a runner like that? Willis McGahee? I know Marshawn they, they Lynch in the up, early days.
0: They, they picked up Singletary and he's he's kinda that like they like him, but but I agree he took a step back this year, so I don't think it would hurt to bring on Harris, but I'm trying to think of other needs for the team, maybe some line. I don't know. I mean,
1: they they need to I mean, shore up I, their linebackers. Matt Milano is about to hit free agency. He's the big name, and he'll probably command some decent money. Um, yeah. They also have to, you know, look going forward because Josh Allen is going to get a deal. Right. You know, he he's going to get. You know. Well, that's why they
0: have to take advantage of it now, right? When they're on right. that. When they're on that young deal.
1: Exactly. So I I like the Bills. I think that the Chiefs after what Patrick Mahomes contract like that's just like and i'll get into it later but i hate mega contracts like that you know 10 years i think that that's just gonna especially with the stars that they have or that the stars that um potentially that they will get it's just hard to keep the core together Um, no doubt but um we'll obviously our opinions and our tweets to our followers are gonna change in the coming weeks as we uh, franchise tag period moves along free agency in the NFL new year. Some
0: exciting quarterbacks on the beginning. Yeah, it's
1: a it's a huge carousel. We already had a little bit of it when we talked to you guys last time. Uh Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford trade traded. Places. That. Um yep. Carson Wentz is now on the Indianapolis Colts. Um yep. Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Mitch Trubisky, a lot of quarterbacks names are swirling around and um, every day, we, we just take it day by day and we'll uh, try to predict where people are going as well as what we think uh, the, the their new team will do with them on it. And I think that after the NFL draft, we'll get to you guys. I'm all about betting over under win totals. I think oh, that's just something oh yeah. so easy. And. Considering that no team went 9-7 and seven this year, if there's anything around 8 or 9, you could just like hammer 10 or 11. I think it's so easy. I, we're going to have to get into that uh, post, uh, post-NFL post draft.
0: but Yeah, and we'll get better at, at tweeting out some live takes on uh, on when people are on the move so we don't have to wait till Friday
1: right. to the talk about Listeners it. can't forget that we both do have desk jobs. And as much as yes. I try to get away from it as much as possible and pour my heart into that Twitter account – at some at some points, I do have to give a presentation, or I do have to be on a call, and
0: uh, correct. We, yeah. we
1: do uh, drop the ball at what they'll say uh, just just a little bit, but um, we'll keep filling you guys with NFL news as the uh, as February turns into March and the NFL draft starts rolling around. But anyway, we got to get to the NBA. That's what's first and foremost right now. Um, the Jazz are red hot. They've covered what I think. 10 of their last 12 games and they've Get won like 18 of their last 20 or something um, looks like the 76ers and the Nets are the two teams in the east um, the heat and the Celtics are just absolutely slugging along they're they're not performing the way that a lot of betters thought they would and the all-star game remains scheduled so some of your takes from that as well as then sliding into some of uh, recapping your pick something maybe you have a uh, uh, Grimace, yep. uh, you want to uh, voice a concern or you want to voice a complaint with someone specific with or, or a team <laughs> specifically? Uh, we can get into that.
0: Sure. Yeah, a couple of th- I mean, we got a lot to talk about in the NBA. Um, the the Lakers-Jazz game, right? I mean, a lot of people are mm-hmm. saying that it's the Western Conference Finals preview, potentially uh, the Jazz beating up on the Lakers. Did that mean anything? I think I saw Trez Harold talked about uh, the playoffs are kind of a different story. And I think that's really the case, right? Like, LeBron, since he left the Heat and he's gotten older, probably 30-plus years of age, he, he really takes the regular season off in the sense that I don't think he shows everything. He's kind of – he's almost studying in-game, right? Like, what these these teams that are hot shots, you know, whether it's the Bucks or whatever. Like, when he was on the Cavs the second time, they were always a four or a three seed. And now with the Lakers, like, it looks like they're turning to like, a three or four seed. So I just think when the playoffs roll along – I think they'll still be favorites if they play the Jazz in a seven-game series. Um, so, I mean, until the Jazz do it, I, I don't. I, I think it's still the Lakers' conference to win. Um, but in the Western Conference, my sons are hot. Don't mm. sleep on the Suns. Everyone's hopping on now. I see the bandwagon happening. Dude, on let's talk Media. about Frank
1: Kaminsky. Let's talk about Frank Kaminsky. I picked him up in my fantasy <laughs> basketball league. Okay.
0: He's producing. I love. Uh, yeah, no, I love that. Although he couldn't produce in the 2015 national championship against yep. Duke.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: But anyways, my sons are hot. And then uh, the Eastern Conference, I'm still all over the Nets. We've talked a lot about them and their chemistry. I think it's interesting that KD is out and they're rolling, right? Like, it's like when they have two out of three, they seem to really kill it. When the third comes in, it's like, is that really going to work? We still don't know. But I still think they're the favorites in the East. And then, yeah, I'll explain. So, So first half overs I've been hitting for the listeners. I think I've hit my last four. I switched. I said that the the prime range was one thirteen to one. I was gonna have to
1: ask you about that because I was gonna have to call you out. You did say yep. one thirteen, and I think you picked yep. one the other day at like one twenty one, one twenty two. Okay. So
0: I love I love one eighteen to one twenty one now because my theory is I I literally just go through, I look at the t- the game that I think will be the most high scoring, and then I take the first step over, and it's usually at that one eighteen range. I think the betters in Vegas they're like. We can't put it at one twenty three, one twenty four. It's too absurd. So they put it; they they knock it down because it's just like there's, you know, there's less chance it goes that high. And so you got to take that value. I think that's incredible value. Um, I've won my last four. So first half overs. That's where you got to hit it in the NBA. Uh,
1: specifically, do you want to voice a complaint? Is there a grimace or? Um, I have no. A I have gripe? no complaints
0: other than, other than that. I I on my betting app, I cannot place twenty point parlays like Mo's can and those seem to be absolute money makers I want to hear more about that I might just start hitting those with you because I can't find them
1: so for for the listeners I've gotten really frustrated Austin and I have talked about it earlier it just seems that the NBA at least in the beginning of the season I think now it's like started to calm down and the the lines make more sense and that the outcomes are actually part of that but the NBA was so insanely hard to bet in December, it just seemed that yep. the teams that were favored just absolutely would get murdered and it just wouldn't work out for anyone. Now it's starting to see the pack is, is moving. You're starting to see who are the clear-cut favorites and everything like that. Yep. And so sometimes when I look at a game and the, the lines are being – more accurate now. There's not really a lot of value plays there, but shout out to FanDuel. They allow you to do these 20, 15 point or twenty point parlays, and it's just so easy. Like I have, I haven't hit one in a while. But um, just <laughs> well, okay. So I but think the, so easy. <laughs> I think the last one I hit was like a couple of days ago, and I have to voice a couple complaints because Giannis screwed me over one time because he fouled out with like two minutes to go. And that absolutely uh, fucked me over. It was a over. great gif
0: on the Twitter feed.
1: Uh, yeah, Tobias Harris last night, he ended up scoring seven because he left with a knee injury. So, like, it, it just – it you know, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But, like, a lot of the value there is, like, the star players get these insane lines and – You know, it's all about value here, and you're going to parlay it anyway. My favorite player, DeMontis Sabonis. Just got his all-star nod to replace KD. Basically, the whole Pacers offense runs through him. The Pacers are in a shit ton of blowout games. He's always in there. Like... He's gonna be scoring fifteen to twenty points a game. If you want to like flirt with something a little bit more dangerous, go with Malcolm Brogdon. But anyway, the twenty, the fifteen, twenty point parlays are the way to go. I actually got a fifteen point one stacked up tonight. Uh, Kyle Lowry, DeMontis Sabonis, Clint Capella, John Morant, Devin Booker, Jeremy Grant, Jimmy Butler, Lamelo Ball, and Gary Trent Jr. to all score fifteen or more points, and that's wow. at, that's at plus five sixty. So.
0: For, Gary Trent I think is your is your tough one there.
1: He I think he was the him and LaMelo were the yeah. uh were the lowest yeah. lines that I could that I could get, but I mean who are the Blazers the Blazers are playing the Lakers tonight. I think the Lake the Lakers have been on a huge skid. The Lakers also play horrible transition defense. And, and he's
0: he's a transition three guy. He's
1: a transition three guy. And he'll come I mean, Dame will play like a good portion of it, but he's the one that gets guarded the most. And um yep. Yep. I, I expect uh Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso to, you know, travel with Dame the entire night. So Gary Trent, let's you know, fingers crossed, you, you got this tonight, my boy. But um Oh FaceTime went away. There you go. Um so yeah, those are the those are the uh, types of bets that I am super interested in. Um, okay, I gotta say, Giannis Giannis killed me a couple times, um, and the one team that I will like to call out is the Nets. Last night, I took your first half over. I wanted to try to replicate the
0: team over or the or the, the no
1: no the first half Nets versus Kings both okay. teams. that played, sounds like, like
0: a great first half a, over. A tr- what was It was it at?
1: one twelve and a half. I was like, "This is right in the money line. Let's yep, do this!" Yep. <laughs> and they finished at one twelve. The oh, the no. Nets ended up scoring forty one points in the second quarter, and the Kings only scored nineteen.
0: So yeah,
1: yeah. that was that was pretty atrocious, and that really uh, that really just was the Titanic of my night last night. It just everything started going down. Ohio State. Uh, got upset, and you really started you know putting it yeah. down. but
0: yeah, I had uh just just to recap for for my picks for the night. I've got um Golden and Charlotte and my new uh, prime range first half over 119. I love that. I think it's gonna be a, sh- a shootout, especially in the first half. And then I don't know this isn't in my range, but I just love the Phoenix Chicago first half over. it's at one ten and a half, which is low. Um, but I do love that in Phoenix overs because I just always assume that Chris Paul and Devin Booker never miss. So I just love I love it in those overs. Um, and even even and if you then, don't want
1: to talk about the Suns, Zach Levine has been red hot lately. He's averaging Zach like close be to like thirty hot. points. I mean, talk about Sabonis. The Bulls offense runs through Zach Levine. It is yep. it is like yep. every every thoroughfare of the Metro L line is Zach Levine and it just pours right into the city. And <sighs> He's just the heart and soul of the Chicago Bulls offense and you know it makes sense. he's scoring 30 35 points a game so I mean if you want to hit that over you think it's a little low the listeners got the listeners gotta listen.
0: That's right and I uh, just just one final gripe I thought of I, I tagged Mose in, in the Instagram in this video Kelly Ray thinking that he can jump out of the gym and try and put back L. U Dunk. We are the biggest anti- kelly Kellyray podcast here in the world. Uh, I'll add it to our Twitter it, bio. He, he threw it. He threw it over the backboard into the fifth row. I'll just, add it to our Twitter uh, bio. We
1: are anti yeah, Kelly Oubre. It is yeah, an it's anti it's Kelly Oubre podcast. So, uh,
0: but let, let's move on to college hoops. I want to. I want to. I want to hear your reactions from kind of the past couple of weeks. Um, it's maybe been rough. Some I'll your, tell you that
1: it's been rough. Yes,
0: yeah, recap some of your picks and, and maybe some bad takes you've had. Now that we're, I think, I think we're what two weeks from Selection Sunday.
1: Uh yeah, uh about two, two and a half weeks to selection Sunday. Um for everyone that doesn't know, uh March first, Monday is the day that the tickets will go on sale. Uh oh, I'm March, talking about
0: that later. Right.
1: Yep. March Madness, they're allowing twenty five percent capacity, so get your tickets yep. get your tickets early. Um ever since Michigan came back to beat Wisconsin, and I was watching that game, ever since they I think they were down twelve at half. I think they were down 12 at half, and Michigan stormed back and went on some like absurd like 17 to 4 run over the last like six minutes of the game. Michigan's going to make it tough for Gonzaga and Baylor. And I know Baylor's been on like a huge COVID pause recently. Like they haven't been able to play a lot of their yeah, games. Yeah,
0: a little rusty. Yeah. Um,
1: Gonzaga the last couple times, I think they were playing what, like Santa Clara um, last night. They were down, ended up coming back and winning. I mean, that's just the yeah. division that Gonzaga's in, but you get down to. Baylor, Michigan, you know, even maybe some of these teams like Texas Tech, Florida State, Texas even. I mean, these are the teams that once you go down by 8, 10, 12 points, you're just not going to be able to come back. Um, So I really like Michigan in terms of leading, you know, maybe not being quite up there with Gonzaga and Baylor, but I think they're right there. They're really poised to make a, a Final Four championship run in the tournament. Plus at this time when there's like very limited fans and um, it really comes down to coaching strategy and you can't like live off of the hype of the crowd or anything like that. Jawan Howard, a player, the former player at Michigan, current coach, who's been there, one of the members of the Fab Five. I think he has a competitive advantage compared to some of these other coaches.
0: Well, so that's, so that, that's a big question that, that I kind of want to pose is, 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 Michigan part of a three-headed monster with Baylor and Gonzaga, right? Like we said all year that these two are equal and then it's just filing out on whoever's below them. Michigan had a huge win against Iowa, blew them out last night. Are yep. they, that's kind of the discussion and of this Iowa's, week is, are Iowa's do a they top?
1: Eight top five yeah. team, and they're they're yeah. at the beginning of the season. They were the ones right. that people right. were expecting to go pretty far in in right. the tournament. In my book, I would have to rank. I'd have to rank it: Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga.
0: Yeah, see, I I, I cannot disagree more. I, I I just think I think Baylor and Gonzaga, like it, Gonzaga, proved this at the beginning of the season. I think the recency bias obviously plays a factor, but Gonzaga proved they they can beat. They can beat anybody. I mean, they, they whooped Iowa back when Iowa was good uh, in in the early in the season. And and to your point, these two games, you know, Gonzaga looked bad last night. Baylor had a close one against Iowa State, I believe. Like they're just bored. They're like, well, let's get to the tournament. You know what I mean? Like these guys, these guys are taking layoffs. They're like, I right. you know, they had slow starts in both those games. But I don't. I, I still think my futures on Baylor and Gonzaga. I told you all to hop on on that as quick as you could. And that's, I mean, it's going to be the championship game. I can personally guarantee it. Michigan looks good, but, I mean, I still think they're susceptible to a loss now and then. The other two, I, I just think, I think they'll be 39-0 and or whatever, whatever undefeated record going into the final.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's obviously big news heading into the tournament and, you know, where right. these teams are going to stack up, how the... Uh, conference tournaments are going to play back. out. Duke's back. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but how the tournament stacks up and everything like that. And I think it'll be really interesting to see if teams opt in, opt out, if there's any COVID pauses or how the NCAA will, will deal with that. But the next question that I'll, that I'll have to ask you and – um, your your sleeper picks, your early sleeper picks for the tournament teams that aren't getting enough credit right now but you expect to that are that are hot right now and are you know you expect to not you know not win at all but at least yep. you know yep. start dancing and you know it's the Cinderella story of getting to the sweet 16.
0: Yeah, no, I got a couple. Um, and, and we'll, we'll I, I want to talk about Duke in a later segment but I think for sleepers there's, there's two that are on my mind Alabama seems very much like the auburn team that made the final four where mm. super fast paced and they shoot at like a 46 percent clip from the three point line like in the tournament if you can get hot from three and alabama's been hot from three most most of the season like you can you can go far it doesn't matter how you know how talented your roster is so i think they're a scary team i would have trouble It's stuff i would have trouble knocking them off my bracket but I also don't know if I want to put them into the Elite Eight Final Four because if they're cold from three, it's going to be tough. But I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see them go far. And then my second one's Loyola Chicago. Uh, I love that team. I saw an article that they might they're statistically better than the team that you know the Cinderella team. Um, and I think they they had a home and away with Drake since we last talked, and that was kind of Drake was the big team out of the Missouri Valley, and they looked really competitive against them. Um, so I love Loyola Chicago. They should be like a five or six seed again um so so we'll see how about you
1: so i know that they're ranked high but i i think post big 10 tournament they're gonna fall a little bit i'm all over illinois and i think stop it i i think illinois is they're they're gonna get Downplayed in the tournament, and they might end up being, you know, like a maybe like a four or a five seed, and they're just going to absolutely destroy people. So I don't know if you watch, I don't know if you get it on the on the East Coast there in Florida, but the Big Ten Network plays like a lot of a lot of the games. I'll throw them on even if it's not a Wisconsin game. And yeah, I need, the Big Ten Network. I need to introduce you to a man named Kofi, who is. The starting center for Illinois, yeah,
0: Kofi Cockburn.
1: The man, the grown man, is like seven one, like two eighty.
0: This he's guy, a beast. he, 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 uh, he came back. He would have been the first round pick, I think.
1: I didn't know last that last
0: year, but this yeah. guy, yeah, he's a beast.
1: This guy is literally has the strength of a trash compactor. He is just unbelievably yoked. Any player that stands next to him is just—he literally looks like Peter Dinklage compared to this guy.
0: He, I think a great compare. I think a great comparison, honestly, is a, is a young Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? I, He's I got would, that body I would, type. I, of, I would be all over that.
1: Thing. He struggles yeah. with his free throws, but down low, he is absolutely forced to be reckoned with. Every He's time amazing. he dunks the ball, I mean, we talked about that. There's no fan environment, but. down there in Urbana-Champaign, every time he dunked the ball, I'd be out of my seat just going absolutely nuts. Um, So I I really like Illinois. You said Alabama. Another team that I think is going to get downplayed is Arkansas. And Arkansas just beat Bama the other night. I still think Bama's going to win the SEC tournament. But I think because of that, Arkansas is going to get a more favorable seed and they'll be able to do a little bit more damage come tournament time. Lastly... The team that I think is going to be like one of the last ones in, but one of the first ones to make the Sweet 16, Wichita State. They've been <laughs> they've been really hot lately. I think they come from they come from like a subpar conference. They've been winning a lot recently. I'm all over them to uh, be either one of like the last four in or be in a play in game, something like that. I love Wichita State. Um, okay. He- heading into well, the tournament.
0: I, I, I want to get into our picks for the week just quickly because in this segment, I'll kind of explain another part of my system. So we've got the first half overs in the NBA. And then for college basketball, I'm taking any unranked underdog who plays a ranked team. And that ranked team is favored by two and a half to five. OK, and, and, and the theory is like I think Vegas thinks like, all right, we've got a ranked team here. We're only going to favor them by three. A lot of people are going to put money on the favorite team when in reality, the line should be like even. And so, and so, my theory is that they're they're putting the value up on the favorite team to try and push them, um, but really that underdog has significant value. Um, so, like examples for this weekend, the lines haven't come out yet, but LSU will probably be close tomorrow. I think they're playing Arkansas. Um, Oklahoma State's playing OU. I expect that game to be in that similar range. I'll probably bet OSU on the spread. UNC has got Florida State at home. Take UNC and, just got
1: smoked by Marquette Yeah,
0: yeah, I know And then Xavier And Xavier has Creighton at home So th- those are just examples of unranked teams Playing ranked teams And if they're dogs by two and a half to five I'm taking them every time That's the system in, in, uh, in college basketball And then also, I love Baylor Whatever the spread is against Kansas tomorrow I'll take it Love them
1: yeah, so uh, some of the spreads haven't come out. There really isn't that many games tonight. I put together like a stupid little parlay of St. Bonaventure, Old Dominion and Montana State. If anyone, nice. was, <laughs> anyone was really interested, that's minus 216. All of them are pretty heavy, uh, heavy favorites going into that. Just that hammer that.
0: Go to the bar. You can't even watch the game. Come home and, and you'll have a couple bucks in your pocket.
1: Yeah, I mean, to make up from the absolute onslaught, it was like basically I was the Persians last night and you were 300. It was just, I yep. was getting forced off of a cliff. It was, Coming back. It was, it back. was bad news. But um, not many, I don't think there's any really ranked teams playing tonight. But Mom. all over the Bonnies, Old Dominion, what are they? The Friars, and then Montana State, the Grizzlies. Let's go, baby. Uh, take it home for me. Let John Denver sing. Um, we're we're gonna move on off of that. But as as you guys know, we'll tweet you guys tomorrow with anything. Um, I, don't worry, I will not be hammered at a bar tonight. I'll be able we'll to get, get to you before noon. Yep, we'll get our picks in box. very early. You'll be able to um, study our picks, see what the lines and the spreads are looking, and you'll be able to have a great Saturday just sitting on the couch. But um, now that we're moving off of the betting side of it, let's talk about some of this free agent buzz. So it's the bottom line. Need your opinion on it. There's been a lot of trade and free agency rumors in the NFL surrounding some of the biggest stars, which in recent memory really hasn't occurred. A lot of teams yeah. aren't interested in trading some of their most valued or most highly, highly Possessed players Houston
0: Houston still isn't interested in trading them But I think <laughs> so.
1: Right, so the, the three players that I have Are Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt And Deshaun Watson um, Obviously J.J. Watt was cut So he's, he's a free agent But Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson Have come up in the trade talks What is your initial take On do you think they'll get traded And if they'll get traded To where And then for J.J. For any of the people listening Your Team to sign him.
0: Yeah, so um, let's start with the quarterbacks. I think for Russell, like people are saying, oh, I don't, I don't really believe the news out of Seattle. You know, it seems a little fabricated. Why is this coming on all so soon? Like this type of news, where it's kind of uncertain, the players saying things about how he doesn't like the organization. That doesn't happen in Seattle, right? They always talk about how it's one of the best run franchises behind New England. Um so I don't think it comes out of Seattle unless it's serious. Like I actually I actually think there is some potential for a Wilson move here. Um and I, I think he gave four teams where he would where he would wave his claws. Is it was, that, the, is
1: that right? it was the Saints, the Bears, the Raiders. Dolphins. And the Dolphins.
0: I think there's the Dolphins. And and this could be for Watson or Wilson. I'll kind of bucket them together. I think the Dolphins make the most sense. I think they have they have to capitalize. If either team wants Tua, you give them Tua, you give them your first round pick. And you give them the next year first round pick. I think the Dolphins whatever.
1: have two first round picks. So I mean Yeah, yeah, and it's like and it's like really you're trading
0: a first round pick from last year who like isn't really a bust yet. Like I, I still think there's value there for for another team. And you bring in Wilson or Watson, like I think that would instantly make them a contender in the AFC East with the Bills. Um so I think the Dolphins make make great sense. I think it would be super exciting for the league too to see the Dolphins be good, just kind of a new team that hasn't been good in a long time. Um, and then with J.J. Watt I I don't know I, he's asking for 15 mil
1: I he, mean he, would, you, me would you that. want the Packers he wasn't, he wasn't want- asking for it but some teams have That's offered offer. some teams have offered 15 to 16 million
0: w- would you want the Packers to pay 15 mil for Watt
1: n- n- no no. One, no, if okay, if we had the money to pay 15 million for him, sure. I would open up the gates to Fort Knox. I would call I would personally call Jerome Paul and I would have him just start <laughs> to truck. I would just have him start printing money to be able to do this. Unfortunately, we don't have money. We're struggling to even just keep our running back, let alone our <laughs> star center, our Pro and, Bowl like our All-Pro center. Track.
0: You won't draft a skill player in the next year's right. draft. Right,
1: so all I know is that we'll we'll draft some fullback in round one and <laughs> we'll, we'll be shot to shit for this year. But I think that the Russell Wilson news, just like you, is very serious because I think he's now in this Aaron Rodgers situation where Aaron Rodgers, year after year, is like, okay, you don't do anything for me, but I'm still going to perform. Like I'm still going to – you know, put up beast numbers and I'm going to lead my team to the playoffs and then we're going to lose right. in heartbreaking fashion. Russell Wilson has basically done the la- post his their Super Bowl win and their last Super Bowl appearance against the Patriots. He has been one of the most highly sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And yeah. the front office has seen that. But they have yet to invest in offensive linemen. They have said, "Okay, well, here's D.K. Metcalf. You might get sacked more, but you'll have more big plays.
0: Here's Rashad Penny, yeah.
1: Okay, our defense isn't that great. So here's Jamal Adams. You, you're plugging holes. You're getting good players, but it, it's just not, you know, you're shoving a triangle into a circle hole and you're yeah. not fixing the problem that's, that's at hand. So I really think that Russell Wilson does have the potential to get traded, Deshaun Watson, I think he's going to get traded too. I mean we've seen it with a lot of stars when they say that they want out and then they don't show up to training camp and the team has nothing left to do but to to trade him. And I think that they should trade him sooner rather than later because if he sits out in training camp, I think his value will go down, especially post-NFL draft. You're going to want to unload Deshaun Watson as soon as possible because you'll be able to get as many picks and – draft capital or any other players for him as possible Yeah. regarding JJ Watt. I don't think he goes to the Packers. I don't think he goes to the Steelers. It might be the bills or the Browns, the bills bills were Ooh. bills are really close. They need, they need some help on defense. The Browns yeah. need it, you know, right next to miles Garrett. I think the Browns could be really, really good. Um, Yeah, I like that. So, so I don't know. I know the Browns and the Bills are kind of at the top, and normally I think that he'll, you know, it'll be shocking or something like that. But anyway, um, since JJ Watt's future is a little bit unknown, let's talk about some people that are that are very, very unknown: Ben Roethlisberger and Dak Prescott. Who has the most uncertain future?
0: Yeah, if we're talking about uncertainty, like which team they'll be on. I think it's got to be Dak, right? Like we don't we don't know what team that guy is going to be on. If he doesn't sign with the Cowboys. I think he's going to be highly coveted. I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. I'd love to see him on the Falcons. That wouldn't really make much sense. But anyways, I think he's I think he is going to be desired, you know, by you know fifteen plus teams if he's a if he's a free agent or wants to be traded. Ben, we've talked about before. Um, it's just going to get ugly. I, I think no one's going to want him besides Pittsburgh, right? Like I don't think he's going to sign a one year deal with any team. I just don't really see that happening. I think he's got the, you know, what he wants in Pittsburgh. It's just a matter of, are they willing to resign him? And I don't really think they should. So, I think it's most uncertain on whether or not he's going to be in the league. I think it's Ben Roethlisberger. He's got one year,
1: he's got one year left on his deal. Pittsburgh has said that they want him back, but that they will, I think he's like a $40 million cap hit this year. Yeah, right?
0: It's like, it's like, dude, I mean, you got to move on at some point, but, um, so I think for Ben, it's uncertainty on Steelers or he's not playing, and for Dak, it's uncertainty. I, I think it could be a, you know any team if the Cowboys don't keep.
1: To- totally understand. I mean, Ben Ben was a little overrated this year. Um, and I, that's gonna that's gonna show in this offseason based on a lot of overrated, ba- yeah. ba- based on some some recency bias, but. Um, Talking about overrated, Bleacher Report came out with an article listed 10 players, Cam Noon, Dak, Hunter Henry, T.Y. Hilton, Levante David, Davion Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Shaq Griffin, Patrick Peterson, and Anthony Harris as the top 10 most overrated free agents in this free agency class. Want to get your take on it. Who's the most overrated?
0: Uh I think the followers might know my feelings on Cam Newton. The guy is trash. He's so overrated. I want to meet that camper that That's... talks shit to him. <laughs> I want. I, I want to be that guy. I will go in his place and shit on Cam Newton to his face. I think he's horrible. I hate. I love rubbing it in Patriots fans that thought he was going to be good because he was motivated at the age of thirty-two. Get that guy out of the league. I think he's horrible. Um, and I, I, he said he's one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks. Still, no, he's not. Kaepernick is probably better than him at this point.
1: (laughs) So... For the listeners, I think that we've now established ourselves as an anti-Kelly Oubre, anti-Cam Newton podcast. Uh, we'd be more than happy to sign some endorsement deals uh, to, to fully broadcast that. But
0: Well, speaking of endorsement, yeah, Taco Tuesday, we're getting one with Taco Bell. Well, I, I
1: hope so. I mean, for the amount of money that you and I have poured into Taco Bell over the last 10 years, I think we at And least, the amount of money I'm winning
0: for listeners on Taco <laughs> Tuesday parlays.
1: I think we at least deserve some, like, Baja <laughs> Blast mention or something. Yeah, something. Uh, Cinnamon rolls. There (laughs) was a cinnamon twist. That's it. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. So there was there was a stat that came out about Cam Newton, and from his 2012 Auburn team, Cam Newton is the only NFL player to have caught an NFL pass. That's crazy. Compared compared to his 2012 wide receivers that were on Auburn with him, Cam Newton is the only player to have caught a reception in the NFL, which I thought was absolutely weird. Um, I, think Cam, I think Cam Newton is the most overrated, but then again, he has the most approved out of anyone on this list. No, so, stop
0: it with the most approved. It doesn't matter with him. Today, out of the people on this list.
1: Out of the people on this list. He's trash. I mean, he he was good a couple of years ago. He's in the same boat as Carson Wentz. Can he be fixed? We've seen that they're good. No,
0: no. If Belichick can't fix him, he can't be fixed. I promise you.
1: Okay, all right. We'll, we'll see what happens this year. I Personally, I I love a good Cinderella story. If he returned to Washington with Ron Rivera, you know— all all could be good. I could hold hands with a bunch of people and sing. Uh, <laughs> I could sing uh Get wh- here. what's what's the song? What's the happy Grace Kumbaya? Hallelujah? No, I don't we'd know. sit sit in a circle at camp with a bonfire, we'd sing kumbaya, we'd all be happy. All you're right.
0: gonna be singing you're gonna be singing There Goes My Hero because fuck he's funeral time.
1: All right. Well, uh well let's let's move on off of that. Uh Draymond Green, uh, this will be our segue into the NBA. Draymond Green Draymond Green, excuse me, wow, this uh one Miller light's really getting to me. Uh <laughs> Draymond Green had some choice words for NBA front offices. See um and executive members in terms of their treatment of players who have requested trades, who are in the process of being traded, blah, 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 in regards to Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond's um, yep. tr- trade conversations. What do you make of that? What do you, What is your opinion?
0: Um, I'm torn. I'm torn. I, first of all, I'll say I'm biased because I have Andre Drummond also in my fantasy team, and that's killing me. That's killing me. It's a me. conflict of interest in second round, It's, a, conf- and, it's yeah. a
1: classic conflict of interest.
0: Oh, it's just killing me right now. But anyways, I'm torn because I I loved his comments. I think they made sense. Um, They demand so much out of the players. Uh, The standard of a lot of people say, well, why should he be empowered? Um, Like he should just shut up and listen to his team. Um, but, But when a team does this, it looks really bad. I get that. On the other hand... It's like the players at this point are getting so dominant in all leagues. We're seeing it now in the NFL with Watson saying, "I'm sitting out. I don't want to play here." Like the players are getting so dominant that they're taking over the leagues. And at some point, I think it's going to get to a breaking point, right? Where it's like not everyone can just say, "Hey, I want to get traded and not play anymore," right? Like, like how is how are we ever going to build teams and and have parity when they just all of a sudden want to leave for a super team or they don't want to play? Right. So the team has to have some sort of control i mean they 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 own in some sense they own the player they pay their salaries like it's the same it's the same way we work for companies we can't just say i don't want to work here anymore like you know it's like obviously well, we don't i trade, can but,
1: i can say that yeah. but I just, yeah yeah but, but you, can you can
0: quit you can quit you can just be like trade me like like it's just it's, it's hey, crazy you know what trade
1: me trade me to the company on like the seventh yeah. floor like i'll i'll go yeah. down to the seventh yeah. floor yeah trade my me, buddy trade me yeah and uh in return maybe you'll get like a fax machine and like uh yeah
0: trade me and i'll free get lunch every shorties. friday or something that's yeah. what i'm worth <laughs> so so i'm torn i, I mean I, I agree with the comments but again it we have to find that middle ground right where where the players and teams can work together i think the Cavs are handling it poorly he's now sat for like seven to eight games which looks horrible um but what are your thoughts
1: i mean yeah i agree i think that granted as much as as easy as it's, it is to say that you know each situation is different because it's each it's a different player it's a different franchise and how they want choose to manage and go about things but i i agree that i i don't like the players having this so much control where it's like mm, i'm you know i'm just not going to play you know like I, I don't want to like you would have never seen that in you know, the, the early two thousand, early to middle 2000s. At least I don't remember there being that m- much contract disputes. And I, I think it's all about, you know, them wanting to go to the right team and everything like that. In, you know, in Andre Jumman and Blake Griffin's situation, I, I understand it because, I mean, both are kind of flailing franchises and if they're going to be right. traded, they might as well go somewhere better. But for Deshaun Watson, I think that it's almost in a, Situation of its own because there's this distrust of ownership where it's like, who do you want to hire as GM? Who do you want to hire as head coach? And he explicitly goes to them and tells them what to do and they just don't listen. So, yeah, I
0: agree. I agree. I,
1: I, you know, in the MLB, it's a little bit different um, because they can just be like, all right, well, we'll send you down. There, there is that, you know, flexibility and stuff like that. So, it'll be interesting to see how the NBA and the N uh the NFL and the players' associations and the players union how they really get together and how they try to work with this going forward. Our last topic on the NBA is the NBA choosing to have an all star game. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah, so so it kind of goes along right with like how is the NBA players going to band together because there's a lot of talk, um LeBron saying he doesn't want to go and then players are like if he doesn't go, I don't want to go, right? But I mean, with All-Star game, the selections matter, right? For pride, for the first-timers, for bonuses. Like, there, are the, it's a big deal to get selected to the All-Star game, I think, especially in the NBA because it's so selective. Um, and, and, and so, like, I, I think we've all seen that those selections, though, they suck when there's no game. Like, for the NFL, there was no Pro Bowl. And even with Pro Bowl already, like, no one really cares. But, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, these guys got selected Pro Bowl. They're not even going to Hawaii. Like, why, why does anybody fucking care? You know what I mean? But, like with the NBA like I feel like they have to have the game if they if they have the selection. So I think it's weird that they're combining everything into one night like with the um with like the halftime being like a dribble contest and doing like a three-point contest, but I think it makes sense. What do you think?
1: So uh, yeah, I I know that the I think it makes sense. I would have liked to see the NFL do it because the NFL, the NBA, all the teams are in the same boat where it's like Well, shit, we have no money because a lot of us can't have fans. We've lost a bunch of money from last season. We're trying to make it up this season. Um, And, yeah, there was an all-star game last year. But um, I I think that just from, you know, it, it gives the players a break and maybe they negotiate for, you know, maybe like an extra one or two days off or something like that. But I think from the fans' perspective, from the players' perspective, I mean, you know, This you know, this was always looked at as this, you know, almost like an oasis for the players to like, you know, relax, have fun, be with all of the all stars and all their buddies, you know, for the celebrities courtside. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it was it's always been like that and I think that the NBA's trying to do that in a, you know, safe and more simplistic way, but um, yeah, I, I I hope that they do it and that they you know actually go with it. But obviously, they do need um, player player support from that. Right. Um,
0: right. All right. So so let's move on to some of our uh, you know segments that we've gotten used to here: assets and liabilities. So we got three here: Richard Sherman, Jimmy G. Zach Ertz, I want to hear your take on all three.
1: Well, Richard Sherman's a free agent, but Jimmy G and Zach Ertz have all been in uh, uh, trade talks so far. Um, so just going down the list, um, I'm going to go asset, liability, liability. and I. So I think Richard Sherman's the only asset on there, and the reason being is because He's made it to the playoffs with the 49ers uh, and he lost in the in the Super Bowl and or excuse me um with the Seahawks. I don't know if he right. won. I think he did win a ring with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he did. And then and then he went that to the That out of the Broncos. Right, yeah, yeah. And
1: then and then he was on the 49ers for the past couple seasons and last year or 2 years ago they were good. This year not so much. At this point in his career, he understands what it takes to win. And I think it's really, really important to him to keep winning. And I don't think he cares about money. Jimmy G and Zach Ertz are still at the point in their career where they want to win and they want to make money. And that's why I think Richard Sherman is the most asset-like to a team. Yep. He yep. is an established corner. Sure, he might not be playing every single snap, but for a lot of these young corners or young safeties that are coming in the league, he has a lot to teach them. And I think Jimmy G coming off of an injury, Zach Ertz coming off of an injury, and being on the Eagles. I just think that I can't trust either of them and I'd rather sign Richard Sherman to like a one one two year deal for, you know, ten million or something like that and um you know, at least have that sort of veteran presence on the team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think Sherman, I would even want him on the Falcons, honestly. I think it brings a mentality that he kind of won on the team. But I I, I think the other two liabilities unless unless Jimmy G goes back to New England, I think that's the only place he can really be really be an asset for the team. Um (laughs) <laughs> I told I I put down that urge to just go watch go watch his wife in the World Cup. I would go, go watch his wife at the World this. Cup. Yeah. If he doesn't want to,
1: I will go. I will I will take the sacrifice and go and yeah. watch Julie Ertz play for yeah. the U.S. Women's I'm National like, that,
0: Team. That's the only winning he'll see in the in you know the next couple of years. <laughs> right. But right. uh, but but let's move on. Let's make a deal. Best and best or worst free agent trade deal of the week. I've got uh, and, and we'll do maybe the last couple of weeks since we haven't talked in a while. Right. Arietta's is coming home. We right. haven't talked about the Cubs yet.
1: I've got an I Arietta jersey, and now it now it actually I makes sense. I can actually wear it, it again.
0: I love it. I love the move. Six mil is is really not that much, especially because they've adjusted the budget now to be higher. The Cubs have, and like he eats up innings. I think he's better than Lester in terms of he has a higher ceiling, um, and he kind of has that mentality we we're talking about, where like he won't let the team just full on tank. Right, like that guy wants to be competitive and win. And when he goes on the mound, you know he's giving it one hundred percent. Um so I love the move for the Cubs.
1: Um so I like it too. I I just question what he's got left. I mean, I know he was injured in uh Philadelphia this past year. I didn't see what I saw in 2016, you know, that
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a career year, right? right, right. and but, I, but, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything average.
1: close to that. I haven't seen anything yeah, close to that. If he's
0: average and he eats up innings, like he's better than Albert Alzale.
1: Yeah, I mean now you just have Hendricks and him, so I don't know who else you're gonna be throwing like Davies Alec, and Williams, Alec I, Mills. The Cubs, sure. the Cubs' win
0: total was the Cubs' win total was seventy eight and a half, and I love that over.
1: Uh, oh, I I do as well. Considering that they're gonna be playing the Pirates, <laughs> they're and, playing the Pirates and the Brewers, the Brewers, like, the Reds forty times a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll take that. I, I have to say much. I like it. The one that I like the most, Kevin Pillar to the Mets signed a one-year deal. I think Kevin Pillar is just one of the most Is that under- the guy with the
0: Rec Specs? Uh, No.
1: No? N- no. no don't. Who am I thinking
0: of? No. Okay. Kevin Pillar
1: is the dude that like always lays out to make like fantastic catches. He was on— Okay, okay. He was on the Blue Jays for a while, and then he yeah. was on— I, I know he's Blue
0: Jays. I don't know who I'm thinking of, but okay.
1: Um. And so he signed with the Mets, and I think that's a great pick. Even if he's, like, a platoon player in the outfield, he's someone that brings, like, a lot of character to the team. Like, he's very hungry. He just wants to win, and he has this attitude that, just by the way that he plays, like, he dives and lays out for any single ball, like, remotely near him. When you see a lot of other players, like, don't give that much effort. I love Kevin Pillar going... Uh, going to the Mets especially when they have a lot of this young talent this young hot shot talent that might need kind of like a kick in the ass and uh, to you know really yep. focus on what's important but um, really quickly I'll hit on my worst Fernando T- Tatis for you should never sign someone as we've seen with Alex Rodriguez to 14 years 340 million dollars I hate it I hate it I it's hate
0: crazy it. it's crazy they have now Machado and Tatis locked up for like one of like they have like
1: it's Twitter an 800 it's an 800, $800 million dollar infield it's uh mo- it's where uh, did it's San Hosmer get all the money it's Hosmer I think it's Hosmer Machado uh some Asian dude and then Tatis it's an like twenty-five million dollar infield
0: and, and they just took on Darvish's huge contract like where are they getting this money I,
1: they have him Chris dude I don't I don't know but we can we can move on yeah. cookie jar most misleading performance who you got
0: Yeah, I'll keep it quick. I I mean, I touched on this earlier. Baylor and Gonzaga having close wins. I think people were starting to think uh, maybe, you know, maybe they're coming back down to earth. I don't think so. I think they were just a little tired coming off rusty uh, COVID breaks, but. That was my most misleading performance. I think they're still the dominant teams.
1: This is going to be kind of a, a shock. I'm going to say the Celtics. They haven't really been the same since Marcus Smart went out, and I think the All Star break will be like a good time for them to just press the reset button. And once they get Marcus Smart back and they start, you know, really figuring things out, I mean, you play the Magic, the Hawks, the Pacers, a bunch of the Wolves. You play a bunch of really shitty teams in the second half of the season. I'm sure yeah. they'll be able to get Wait, in hold the playoffs. Hawks
0: on. on the shitty team. They're, I didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> the Hawks are killing them right now. I so know. Yeah. They blew
1: them out the other night. But I mean, I, I don't see the Hawks going super. I think I think the Celtics will go further than the Hawks in the playoffs.
0: That's right. Okay, so um, let, let's move on then to the, to the Bulls and Bears of the week. Most optimistic thing you saw from this week?
1: Um, I wrote it down. The most optimistic thing I have is... Tickets go on sale for March Madness on Monday. Oh, that was mine. Oh, wow. Well, okay, um, I can pick something else. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, good. That, we'll I talk mean, that about was that, so. that was something I got really excited for, and tried to go into a sporting event and a sporting like 25% game. Twenty five
0: percent. Yeah. I mean, that's that's
1: big. Yeah. yeah, especially since the stadiums are spread out. They're doing Lucas Oil. They're doing the Pacers Arena. They're doing the Butler Fiat House. They're doing IU. I think they're doing Purdue as well. So I mean, they got yep. it spread out. I mean. Uh look looking I still gotta clear it with the lady friend, but Austin I was gonna I, say
0: I was gonna say for our for our listeners, Mose has his one year that weekend, which is uh completely ludicrous. Um so anyways, I, I will probably be going alone. I will be live tweeting <laughs> from the March Madness with with our bets of the day since Mose probably won't join us. But just a side note on March Madness, Duke is back. I was off the train, I'm back on Virginia, light work, Syracuse light work uh they've got a big schedule they? Six, up and six and oh six
1: and oh since johnson opted out
0: yeah J- oh Jalen johnson everyone's like oh Jalen johnson quit i wanted him gone i'm okay. glad he's out of it so get him out um so so i love that but but let's move on to to ride the bus um one of our one of our favorite segments we've got an over under a spread and a money line for the night um i'll,
1: I'll uh, hit you I, first I'll, I'll hit you first yeah. go, go ahead hit hit the listeners with your favorite over under of the night
0: uh, so I've got Charlotte, Golden State. Like I said, first half over one nineteen and a half. Go ahead and hit that.
1: Both are three point heavy teams. Don't play a lot of defense. We'll we'll see yep. what's in spread in store for that uh, spread. Hit me with the spread. What, who do you like tonight?
0: Favorite spread. I've got Sacramento. I actually don't remember who they're playing. I think maybe Detroit. And I got them in yes. mind. My- yeah, minus two and a half. Uh, I'll take Sacramento, Marvin Bagley, Jaron Fox all day.
1: Yeah, the Pistons, uh Pistons don't look really good with Blake Griffin out of the lineup. Lastly, your favorite money yep. line, tell me tell me who it is. So I've actually been
0: hitting well on NHL. I'm doing double up parlays, just two favorites, money line them together. Um and I, I don't have a parlay for tonight, but just Boston Bruins minus one seventy five. By the way, we need to talk about it maybe in a later podcast. That Winter Classic was really cool. The,
1: the Bruins looked really good in the Winter Classic and Lake Tahoe love the environment. No Beautiful. fans love the environment. Hope that they do it uh, maybe do like a National Park series, but we'll see yes. what the NHL uh yes. NHL can do. Um, All right, I'll go.
0: I'll go for you then. Uh, your favorite over under.
1: Uh, I got the Raptors and the Rockets tonight. Both teams are atrocious at defense. The Raptors are a pretty good shooting team. The Rockets play from behind a lot. Over two twenty, I think that's a pretty fair number. Um, so I got Raptors Rockets over two twenty. Okay,
0: favorite spread.
1: Um, I love the Blazers plus five versus the Lakers. Lakers have been sliding. Blazers have actually looked kinda decent. Um uh, I don't know if the Lakers can really put it together. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer Blazers plus five.
0: Okay, and then your favorite money line. Uh
1: really didn't like any, so I gotta go with a favorite tonight. Jazz over the heat. I know it's minus two sixty. There's not a lot of value with that, but um just gotta stick with the team that's hot and um you know don't if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, there you go. So, so I gotta leave it there. We'll round it out. Um, we've had a lot of Taco Tuesday success. Rest in peace, Pedro Gomez and Vincent Jackson. Lost some unbelievable people. Happy trails yep. to the Pouncy Brothers who announced their retirement. Uh, if you didn't see the video, Eli Manning needs to stick to football and not skiing. That was absolutely atrocious. Him wiping out on the slopes. And lastly. <laughs> To leave on an optimistic note, I have to share the story of 19-17, the Ernie Shore, no-hitter. Uh, he threw a no-hitter for the Boston Red Sox, but it was only uh, credited with a complete game because Babe Ruth started the game, and he walked the batter, didn't like the call, uh, argued it with the umpire, ended up punching the umpire in the face, and then was ejected. So Ernie Shore came in, ended up throwing a no-hitter, but wasn't credited with one based on Babe Ruth being... Uh, Thrown out for punching the umpire earlier in the game. Wow, so that was, I like that. that, that. Was a hey, hey 19,
0: 1910 prison league, and now we've got this. I love the history. I,
1: I love like you know sprinkling it in some some you know little known baseball or sporting facts for our listeners. Sure. Just to, you know, if they really hate all of our betting picks or they just don't condone it, at least they get some a little you know history knowledge, a little a push in there. But um, yeah. That, that was our roundout for the week. He's Austin. I'm Austin. As always, this is Two Guys, One Book. We'll see you next Friday.
0: Have a good weekend.